This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 537 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and TotalSaddleFit.com. Tonight, we will bring you a discussion on how Pilates can improve your riding with Janice Dulac. And then Karen Isberg is coming on with her adult amateur journey. For our Total Saddle Fit tip, we will explain to you how to get your bronze medal. This is Reese Koppler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Phil, what are you up to this week? You've got a lot going on. Well, we have a um, symposium clinic going on this week with uh, through Dressage Canada. And they have uh, been gracious enough to host Robert Dover up here. So I've got a horse that I uh, entered or submitted for the Applied, yeah. for a symposium. Yeah. Um, and he was selected. And now I've just, I just took him over to the site there where we could ride around and sort of get uh, familiarized with all of the stuff riding in the ring with all there's tables set all around it. And he's like, so I'm, you know, really looking forward to it, getting this horse some more exposure. He's uh, a six-year-old who uh, did really well this summer uh, riding the FEI six-year-old tests. Um, so he's kind of a, been a little bit of a superstar, um, and that which means that he gets to go on and you know do more things and get more exposure. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's uh, really fun, but uh, also a little little bit nerve-wracking. You know, yeah. and, and bring yeah. him and you know get it. Do a good job and get sure. something out of it, and getting Robert's help is uh, it's going to be it's awesome. So, quite a few people that are going to come, right? Yeah, well, it's uh, so what uh, Dressage Canada has done is uh, used the money collected as a levy for people who you know everybody who enters a show pays a levy to to Dressage Canada, which means that anyone who is paid into this levy gets to come uh, cost free, right, or already oh, paid cool. cost. So I think there's yeah a, a lot of people going to come and going to learn. I hope my horse is a good demo horse for you know helping you know people learning and some some good stuff. So uh, yeah, that's what that's what we've been up to. So all you know this week he's you know trying to get him ready and trying to get him a little bit exposed to noises and you know all you know, this kind of thing. Sure. And, sure. So there'll be quite a few people there tomorrow or this weekend. Yeah, I don't know how many, but it's not uh, to make you nervous. It's okay. busy over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Saturday, Sunday, Ingrid Klimka, uh, you know, is coming over. Uh, she's hosting a, a clinic right after. So there's a lot of horses going around. This is, uh, you know, busy in the barns today. Busy, you know. So um, sort of an exciting atmosphere because there's going to be yeah. a whole lot of learning going all weekend. Um, you know, and lots of people traveling from, you know, all over Ontario and Quebec, and you know. Um, coming to to check it out so fantastic fantastic yeah. i'm really i'm excited i can't wait to hear all about it uh and for you to share how he how he does i know he's going to be a superstar <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's hope so yeah he'll be good and then today also i had my coach in uh we did a clinic here at the farm with scott hassler and um you know i've been training with scott a long time now and uh, it was really really fun to have him come in and this was it was literally like he came in at eight and he left at 2 30 and it was a quick in and out um, a whirlwind 
it was a whirlwind. I was like, did that actually happen? Uh, but it was really fun. And my horses were super today. And uh, it was a good just kind of, this is your homework for what you need to work on for about six weeks before we leave for Florida, which is crazy that we're leaving for Florida pretty soon. And then he also helped get my two horses ready for nationals. That was really good. So we both are uh, <laughs> running on dressage empty tonight. Excited though to be here with everybody and uh, to share what we're learning. We have a great show tonight and we're going to start with our first guest, uh, Janice Dulac, and she's going to talk about dress, uh, Pilates for dressage and we hope you enjoy it. Well, this evening, I'm very excited to have Janice Dulac, the creator of Pilates for Dressage. She's also a USDF bronze medalist. Janice, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm really happy. We met a couple weeks ago. You were here uh, here in Kentucky, and, and we met through a mutual friend. And uh, once we started chatting, I said, oh, my goodness, I saw you at the USDF convention, and I listened to your lectures and, and really knew I, I needed you, honestly, for my riding. So, Janice, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do uh, with Pilates for dressage. Well, I started as a professional dancer. And then, but my first love was horses. So I was, um, when I got my first horse, I was so excited to ride. And I thought it would just trail ride. Well, it wasn't going to happen. It was a thoroughbred mare off the track. <laughs> you don't trail ride <laughs> with those horses. <laughs> so, Not so much. So I thought it would jump. Well, the horse wouldn't jump. And somebody asked, well, you should do dressage. And I'm like, draw what? I didn't even know what it was. So I, I got a book. and I right? <laughs> dancing with horses exactly yes, so I thought okay perfect. this is perfect so I got this book and I'm like okay I can put her shoulders here and her hips here and I can you know so I thought I was doing dressage until I had my first lesson and I realized it my horse wasn't even on the bit I had told her I could do shoulder in haunches in my horse wasn't even the bridle I knew nothing so that set me about going okay well I'm a movement person I can do this well several years later when I'm still um, posting the trot, I can't sit the trot. I'm like, and I had great teachers, don't get me wrong. But um, when you tell a dancer to use their leg, it doesn't make any sense, right? <laughs> a dancer, yeah. like where, what, how, up in front <laughs> and back, inward, outward, or to the calf, thought. So all of a sudden, I just thought, wait a second, there's a language missing. We need a translator between the dressage instructor and the rider. And so as a Pilates teacher, I realized that the Pilates vocabulary could speak to me and speak to riders on how to use a leg or how to use a seat. So that's kind of where it all began. Okay. Well, first of all, I have to tell you that I hate working out. True confession <laughs> of a Pilates. I, I just hate working out. So this isn't a workout. This is about using specific Pilates exercises to train the body in the biomechanics movement needed. For example, if you can learn to walk correctly with your hips and your, uh, I don't like to say core, with your spine, with your seat, then you should be able to walk trot canter and do sitting trot. So my process is I get people on the ground and I show them some simple movements. Simple, not easy, right? Where they find, oh, oh, my hip works like that. Yeah, your hip works like that. So then we do a series of exercises. This is how you use your abdominal. Oh, my goodness. My, yeah, like that. Mm -hmm. You have to use your abs like that. And then, um, for example, right now, both of you, I hope you haven't eaten dinner. 
pull your belly button to your backbone. Everybody can do this right now. Yes. Pull so your should, belly button we to do, your backbone. We should be sitting in a chair, right? You can or sit be sitting in a chair. You can be standing up. You can be lying down. You can be in bed. <laughs> pull your stomach, belly button towards your backbone. And exhale and let your stomach go deeper into your spine. And when you do that, you're going to find your back relaxes. And that's exactly also what a horse has to do when they lift their back. They have to use their abdominal muscles to come up and over their back. So I teach riders first. That's just a simple thing. And everybody can do that. When I drive down, you know, when I drive to work, when I drive my horses to Florida, I'm pulling my belly button to my, are you okay there? Are you okay? You still have your belly button in? Doing great. I had dinner though. I, I'm not going to lie. I had dinner. So it was baby. Life That's a little hard. Yeah, but it's, a, yeah, it's so, right. I'm good. Yeah. So it's a real simple thing. Everybody can do. It will help stretch their back out. It will strengthen their core abdominal muscle. And when you ride, this is the other piece. So I teach people that if you sit on a horse, like you sit on a couch, you're basically dead weight. You know how much, like if a cat falls asleep on your lap, how, you know, they weigh like a thousand pounds so the, the, because there's no energy in the body. So I teach riders that they actually have to carry themselves and it starts with engaging the abdominal muscles and finding out how to mobilize their hips. And then, so we do that usually in, in a clinic, we'll do that in um, maybe a two hour mat class. Okay. We're not like exercising. We're exploring for two hours what your tendencies are. Oh, you could use that muscle. You can pull your stomach in more. You can find the back of your hip. And then from there, when, when you understand it off the horse, then we put it on the horse. And so then we get, get people mounted. And then we go, okay, remember when you were lying on your side and you took your leg to the back? That's the open hip we're looking for. So we just have this, we develop a vocabulary on the, in the mat work, and then we put it on the horse and we can change people's positions in a heartbeat. And the coolest thing, and I never, ever, ever realized this for a long time because I'm mostly a body person, right? I'm a dressage rider second. I'm an aspiring dressage rider. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I didn't, I'm not a trainer. So what I work with trainers and they were going, Oh my gosh, look what happened to the horse. So now I can see the effect, like immediately when the person gets it right, you see the horse getting it right. The horse relaxes, comes over their back, starts to use their abdominals, comes softer in the bridle. It's really quite, it's cool. So Janice, I have a personal question because this is something that has come up in my life as I've gotten a little bit older as a rider. Uh, and I think generally a lot of riders have hip trouble. Uh, but I must have had a bit of a hip injury about a year ago and I went to the doctor and got my hip injected. And, um, but I know for sure, uh, the more stretching I do, the better my hip is, but it's still generally a problem, uh, kind of on a daily basis. And I have a feeling I'm not the only one listening to this program and have that problem. So what are some things that I could do for that? Okay, Reese. So that is really common. And the reason it's common is because our hips are generally, well, you have a problem because you had a hip injury, but a lot of people, well, we've fallen off horses countless times, but maybe we don't have a real injury. But what it usually is, is a muscular imbalance in the hips. And most hips are pretty uneducated. If you think about how a dancer has to use their legs and hips, 
we do every range of motion there is possible um, with the hip. Riders, not so much. They sort of um, are like pedestrians, most people. We walk, we sit down, we stand up. And we rarely walk sideways or backwards. I mean, it's just not done. But as a dancer, you educate your hips. So the hip, you know, we do walk sideways. We do go backwards. We do a circumduction. We, you know, our leg can go in a circle. And the training of the hip is what I find um, really important for riders because most riders are stuck in what's called hip flexion. And that's when your trainer yells, open your hips. Can you open your hip angle? And you're going, what do you mean? And so what happens is most people's hips are stuck in what's called flexion. Flexion means that the hip joint in the front is more closed. The thigh wants to, if you've ever lost your stirrup riding, you know what hip flexion is, that your knee comes up towards your pelvis. So there's a muscle there called the iliopsoas. It's your major flexor of the hip. And in general, I've been teaching Pilates for 30 years. Um, In general, I find even everybody's, not just riders, your hips are tight um, and, and you like to be in hip flexion, the iliopsoas, the hip flexor is really, really tight. And that's where stretching comes in and it helps. However, I teach in my work how to elongate that muscle, not just stretch it. It's, it's a difference between having a horse on a bridle or just letting them loose and flop and just go down. So you have to teach them to use positive tension to create stretch in their in their body. And that's the same thing. So I teach people, Pilates is beautiful for this. We teach people how to hold the origin and insertion of this muscle called the iliopsoas and gently lengthen it. So I don't like to stretch hips. I like to lengthen hips. I like to lengthen the hip um hip flexor. And in doing so, most people can get out of pain. So probably what your experience is, well, some trauma, right? And there might be some scar tissue and that's great for a PT to address. But if it's just that your hip is still wanting to be at a closed hip angle, um, you need to learn how to use the um, Pilates, we call it the powerhouse, which is your abdominals and glutes. And those muscles will help to open the hip. Once you get the hip joint a little more mobile and educated a little bit more so it has more movement and freedom, generally hip and back pain goes away. That sounds uh, extremely, extremely helpful. Um, you know, from listening to you, Janice, it's, it's, it's about isolating, you know, different problem areas, not just, uh, well, not just an area, but specific muscles that you have to teach how to you know because i think um sitting on a horse and riding a a horse is very unnatural to you know 90 percent of people right it's just some of us you know some of us were really fortunate enough to be able to be sort of born into horses like both my my parents were riders i was on a horse very early in my life so sometimes as a trainer that's a little bit difficult to understand um you know when you're teaching a rider that doesn't know how to isolate a certain muscle or it's just it's very unnatural so is is that what you're finding in your practice and, and 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 is this what we're talking about here yeah and absolutely so for example as a dancer i was fit i was really fit i still couldn't ride a horse so not necessarily going to the gym and working out or running is going to change the way you use your body so in pilates for dressage 
we teach you exactly to isolate and, and activate muscles that, so there are two kinds of muscle groups in your body. And you have your, just generally speaking, your mobilizers and stabilizers. So your mobilizers, you know, is what everybody uses every day. And that's why you, you grew up riding. You grew up knowing how to stabilize because when you ride, we have to access our stabilizers. And those are the Pilates muscles that help uh, teach people. Uh, those are the muscles that stabilize your body, that teach people, Pilates teaches people how to access stabilizers. It's completely not natural. It com- feels completely wrong. But once you get, oh, I, can, I don't have to like, you know, brace in my back and in my hips when I can, and those are my mobilizers, right? Those are the muscles that are going to, you know, make me run from a tiger. Um, so when I get into the stabilizers and when I can get people into the stabilizers, that's when um, the harmony begins with the horses. So these are muscle groups that you don't normally recruit. Pilates is basically dressage for humans. So oh, I love that. Cool that way. Yeah, I love that idea. That's fantastic. That's really good. So, Janice, you actually have several books published by Trafalgar Square and some DVDs, right? There, where people can kind of get a little bit more idea of, of what your program is, correct? Absolutely. My first book was published in 2006, and then DVDs followed in 2008, and then again in 2010. Since then, I've created an online course, which is called Ridermanship, and I call it Ridermanship because it's for all riders, not not just dressage riders, it's for all riders. And it's a six month uh, study online with me. And uh, this is what I teach you because um, the other piece is, you know, just as a horse, um, you start them out at training level and they do a 20 meter circle. Well, then at first level, that 20 meter circle is going to look a little different. The engagement's going to be more. When you get to second level, they'll still do 20-meter circles, but now the engagement's even more. And that's what Pilates teaches people, how to engage in their body. And it takes some time to create that change. So um, a great way, if you're a, if you're a visual learner, my DVDs are great. I have Pilates for the Dressage Rider and the Nine Essentials, um, which kind of spot trains the body. And, but if, you're, if you like to read, my book is great. Um, it introduces all of my theories and concepts and it helps you to kind of um, troubleshoot in your body what's going on and why you have pain. Um, and then the online course just takes kind of all of that and puts it into a six-month study. And going back to hip pain release, I had an osteopath who's a rider take my course and the osteopath had hip pain all of her life. And she's an osteopath. And in three months, her hip pain went away. And I was just astounded because I know I can help people if they come to my studio and I can put my hands on them and kind of show them which muscles they need to use and which muscles they don't, uh, they need to let go of. And um, so I was really, I was really thrilled that the, the online course uh, is that, can be that powerful. Well, that's great, Janice. Uh, thank you for giving us all of your, you know, all the information. And um, you know, I think I encourage people to go out and get the book because if you can uh, better identify as a rider, you can better identify, you know, kind of problem areas and work on them off the horse. Then you can talk about it when you're when you're with your trainer, and uh, they can help you as well. And I think it's just a, a great benefit 
to uh, all of us, you know, as we work on our positions and we struggle to to make uh, better harmony with our horses. So thanks so much for coming on tonight, and we will talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Right after this short break from Kentucky Performance Products, we actually have president of Kentucky Performance Products, Karen Isberg, doing her adult amateur interview about uh, with her horse, Oreo, and we hope you enjoy. He was her first love, the one that started it all. He taught her how to master the posting trot and navigate her first hunter course. They spent hours together exploring the trails and hanging out in the barn. His name was doodled on every page in her school notebook. His coat gleamed in the sun as he met her at the gate each day, snuffling for a treat. From the first time she saw him poking his head out of the stall to the last time she patted him goodbye, he was, and always will be, her everything. This love story is brought to you by Nalox Advanced, providing complete support for a healthy digestive tract which reduces the risk of colic and digestive upset. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Well, we are really happy to have Karen Isberg on her monthly Oreo cookie adult amateur segment. Karen, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you, Reese. It's always good to be here. Well, um, just so we kind of fill everybody in, if they haven't been listening, um, Karen has been uh, bringing us along on her journey with her horse, Oreo, uh, this year as she's been training and getting ready for just learning and training and getting ready for a horse show whenever we decide to do one, uh, probably in Florida, right, Karen? Uh, yes, so- I think that's when we'll, we'll yeah. take off and start showing. Woo. <laughs> I know. So t- we've had a great month and actually the, uh, the last two days have been really fantastic. So do you kind of want to fill us in about what you and Oreo have been doing? Well, I will. So I, I think when we left off last, you had stolen my stirrups and, and I was, was making great gains in sitting properly in the saddle, which was wonderful because with my, with my hunter jumper background, I was a little perched and you were having a hard time getting me to sit down. So taking my stirrups away for, I had no stirrups summer which I actually enjoyed. I know I'm strange, but it was good. So, and that really helped. Um, that really helped my seat. It was amazing. So then I, what we decided, well, if I'm going to show, if I'm going to go on a horse show, I have to learn how to ride with stirrups. So we kind of put the stirrups back on and, and started to see what we had. And I have to say, I was a little frustrated in the beginning because the minute my feet went back in the stirrups, I got crooked again. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, got to be kidding me. You know, this is just crazy. What, what is causing that? And I think you, I think you realized that I was a little frustrated with all of that because, sure. you know, I couldn't, couldn't get there. Um, but I think, um, you know, between the two of us, we kind of figured out that I was just, I was my, it's my right side that I get crooked on that. I was just, I wasn't keeping my leg back underneath my, my shoulder and my hip properly at the knee and then if I was able to do that and keep my hips straight instead of letting my, my right hip slide forward, then that kept me in the right position. Mm-hmm. And that, that seems to have really helped to this point. I think I'm, I can keep my stirrups. Um, I'm able to keep my feet in the stirrups better and not lose my stirrup as often. And I'm able to use my leg more effectively than I was before. So I think I'm really excited 
because I think we overcame that. You know, yeah. we, we at least figured out the problem. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think I think that's a good point. I was just going to jump in here and uh, and say, you know, I've been teaching a lot of lessons. And in um, one of my lessons, either this week or last week, um, I had to remind my rider that, yes, we want a long leg, but we don't want a straight leg. And a lot of riders are trying to undo the, the natural bend of the knee and bringing, and bringing your heel back underneath you. Um, and maybe that's what was happening with you. And so I think that's a, a really, really common problem. Um, because, uh, the, you know, as dressage riders, we tend to, uh, want to have, to have our stirrup maybe one hole too long and feel like we're really, you know, having a really long leg and, and, and which, which tends to have riders sort of straightening their leg too much and, and losing the power of having a little bit of a kneeling position and, and having your leg underneath you and, and drawing a little bit, a little bit of power, um, you know, from the hamstring muscle and, and. And being able to um, press on the horse inwards toward the horse, but also a little bit, you know, back and underneath you. So, so you're using the stronger part of your leg a little bit more. So, um, you know, maybe that's a, maybe that's a tip that we can bring to our to our listeners. Yeah, it really made a big difference with me when I because my leg was coming forward, and yeah. that was causing me to twist. So once I got my leg back, and then again, if your leg's forward, you can't, you're not using it properly on the horse. So, yeah, I, I would say that's definitely worth, worth exploring if you're having issues keeping your foot in the stirrup or not being able to use your leg correctly. Because it yeah. definitely, that's what it was with me. So It, it was. And, and the other thing for us, like we have some, we have one of those home horses, uh, which is one of those, um, it's like a stand, right, Karen, that you sit on, how do you scream it, and you can, you can work on your seat off the horse. And Karen spent quite a bit of time working on that just in the past bit of time. And that has really helped as well. And if there's ever something where we need to sort of stop and, and look at that, that actually has, I didn't believe in it as much, but now I actually really believe in it. And how oh, it's it great. It really, it's mm-hmm. like, a, it's like, it's like sitting on, it's a, how can I explain it? It's a half round ball mm-hmm. with a post coming out of it. And it, it rotates around. And so you, yep. what, the idea is to rotate your hips to move the, the, the horse around. And it really loosens up your hips and teaches you to move your back. Yeah, that was really helpful mm-hmm. in loosening this hip up. Because that, you know, that, that has helped me too, loosening that hip up and getting it stretched. Hey, Reese, maybe Not we can get a picture tight. of this. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we can take a picture of it tomorrow. Yeah. I'll tell you, when Karen oh, has yeah. her lesson Absolutely. tomorrow, we'll take it. And um, okay. it's very helpful. And... Um, especially when you kind of, when we transition back to the saddle, that was actually kind of an interesting transition. I, I, that was really hard because Karen was really riding beautifully without stirrups and perfect leg position. But as soon as we put her back with the stirrups, it did change the angle of her hip and it changed how she had to go. So a little bit, it was just figuring out what she needed to do to, to bring her leg back. And that was actually more, I, a lot of ways, self-discovery. Wouldn't you say, Karen, like you were just out in the ring and, and when she rides uh, by herself on the weekends, she really figured out like, I got to put my leg here and keep it here. In the last couple of days, you've been able to keep it back, but we've really been able to work on some technical things, uh, which was really great and really helpful to kind of like, it's not all always your fault. That's kind of what we started today. Right, like, right, you know, like, right. Your position's pretty good. And, and in this case now, Oreo hasn't been as responsive. And, and you know, he, he kind of 
kind of tunes Karen out a little bit. And now she's, yeah, he's losing (laughs) and, and she's sitting really quite well now. So, so a little bit has been, Hey, it's not all, it's not all you, you know, now you have to kind of make sure now he's really paying attention and he's listening because like all good souls for a while, he would kind of listen, but you know, he would also kind of do his job, but now Karen's really riding and she's a lot stronger. So it's made a big difference. Um, so just this time to really focus on position has, um, and being effective has really helped Karen in general. It's been really cool to watch. Well, yeah. And it feels great. I mean, the last few days, like it's just been like, wow, oh my gosh, you get off the horse and you're like, wow, you know, it really got him going. And really we were doing, I felt like he was bending when I asked him to, and and our transitions were, were getting better and just, it just made such a difference to, to be able to feel that. Now, it's really hard for me to keep that right leg on, and I have to really work work hard. It takes a lot of concentration and muscle to keep it there, and I, and I think that'll get easier over time, but absolutely. And, and Reese had to get after me because I'm too nice to him. I'm his mother, and I'm too nice to him, and she's like, you need to get after him a little bit because he does. He's just like, oh, mom's up there. Oh, we can just trot slow now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it's about, you know, about setting a little bit, a little bit of a strict standard, right? You know, what's, you know, what quality of walk, trot, canter, you know, do you expect of the horse? And does he, you know, reach those expectations? Does he maintain those expectations? Uh, Or does he fall a little bit behind your leg when you're feeling a little bit tired, right? That's absolutely part part of the part of the learning process for, for both rider and horse. Um. You know, and just just re- returning to your leg a little bit. I mean, I was always telling riders that, you know, uh, uh, a good position has to start from your feet and work its way up. You you have to have a really good lower half to to be able to ride with a really balanced and a really strong upper half. So, I think you know, start from the ground up and and work your way. Make sure the stirrups feel good. That you, that you know, your foot position is good, that you're not putting too much weight on the ball of your feet and work your way through your ankle, you know, through, through your, uh, through your knee and up into your hip. And the more that the better you can get from there, the rest will start to click into place. But it's really hard to fix an upper body position or worry about contact, worry about your elbows and your hands. If, if the lower half is not, is not there providing a really balanced, um, base for you to work from. So Really, Boy, and that's really, really the truth because that we, when I put the stirrups back on, that became really, really apparent. But that look, dr- leg drifting forward and twisting was just really throwing me off balance. And it didn't matter how I sat; I was just crooked. So, yeah, that's great advice. That that's certainly what we found with me, for sure. Yeah, wonder, I, yeah, it's very, 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 very common. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All these all these issues that that uh, you know sort of creep in and and you know the kid the kids don't don't have so much struggle but um, all of us well uh, older riders with a little bit of um, you know issues with our I have I have a knee problem Reese yeah. has one too and and the lower yeah. back issue and yeah it's just we have to fight it you know we have to do as much as we can to 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 get straight and get strong and get square. And uh, and really help our horses to do their job. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just the struggle as riders in general. So, but it's it's fun to see Karen is really 
spent a lot of time this summer on her position and she's getting so much stronger. And now she's really able to really ride the last couple of days. It's not been like sitting up there kind of going in circles. Like there's been actual riding and it's been really fun to watch. So I can't wait. Karen, well, it's to- been fun to notice yeah. that, you know, lots of things that you've been telling me all along, you know, okay, you know, this is his stiff side and on his stiff side, you have to keep him bending with your inside leg and you have to support. So now I can, I can see when I take my inside leg off, he just inverts. He just goes the other way. I mean, I put it back on and then he bends again, you know, and then, and then to his hollow side, if I don't support with my outside leg, then I get that drift. And so now all those things you've been telling me, I, I can actually make a difference sitting up on the horse. I can, I can make him, I can make that change. I can make that happen. So it's like a real aha moment when that starts happening. You're like, wait, I can affect this. That is so cool. Because yeah. before I couldn't, you know, I was too crooked. I was too weak. I couldn't do it. So to me, I mean, that's what's, that's, that's way more fun for me even than, than going to a horse show or anything. It's like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Using your body to get, to get control, right? That's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's really fun. Yeah, it is really fun. So I, I think I said to Reese one day, I was like, oh, now I understand how these upper levels can be forces to do these things. Because before, I was like, how do they do that? I mean, ow. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'm starting to get it now. It's like, well, I, I may actually be able to do yeah. one day. <laughs> it's really fun. It's really fun to watch. Well, Karen... Yeah. Thank you so much for your time tonight. And if anybody has any questions about your journey or any of the products like Kentucky Performance Products, how can they get in touch with you? Well, they can go. We have a Facebook page that I monitor um, pretty much all the time. So they can go there and they can send me a private message. They can call us at, they can call me at my office. I'm there from um, 8 to 5, Monday through Fridays, Eastern Standard Time. And that's 859-873-2974. And um, you can always email me. And if you go to our website, kppusa.com, my email address is there. So feel free to any supplement questions or nutrition questions that we can help you with. Or if you just want to talk horse, uh, I'm always available. I'm happy (laughs) to do so. (laughs) Well, thanks, Karen. And keep up the good work for next month. Thanks, Reese. Well, Phil, we were just talking at the beginning of the show on how busy this week is going to be for us riding and how much I love my stability stirrup leathers. I'm not going to lie, did uh, several extended extended trots uh, with Big Mike today, getting ready for uh, third level championships at nationals. Uh, I'm not going to lie, very happy I had those stirrups. How about you today? Well, I am uh, going to be demoing the stretch tech shoulder relief girth and... Uh, I know my horse loves it because he's got giant shoulders and he, you know, this, this girth helps him to move better and helps my saddle to stay stable so that I'm not going to be bouncing around a lot, whole lot over, you know, he's, uh, this horse is like 17 to and a bit. I think he's, he's grown a bit in the last couple of years and uh, I think he might be even 17, three now. So, um, I need a girth that's going to hold that, that saddle in place and he needs to be able to move that giant shoulder for his extensions and, um, I think the, the products from Total Saddle Fit really help us maintain our harmony and get us in sync to be able to show off our great stuff. Well, we can't wait to hear. And we, we really always thank Justin at Total Saddle Fit. And uh, check out their website, www. 
totalsaddlefit.com. And uh, they really have fantastic products and we use them literally every day. Um, and we're happy that we can share them with you. And Phil, we have a great Total Saddle Fit tip of the week from Christina Wright from USDF about getting a bronze medal. And uh, I will say several people come to me every year, like, how do I get a bronze medal? And so we hope that this really helps uh, because it is a complicated process. And Christina Wright at USDF is always happy to help. Uh, But we hope this is a little bit of a uh, kind of a a 101 to getting your bronze medal. And we hope this kind of helps clear some things up. So can you get us started? If, if your goal is uh, to get a bronze medal from USDF, first of all, what is the bronze medal and how do you start to get it? So I'll let you take it away. Okay. Well, the bronze medal is one of USDF's many rider awards. It's um, a rider award that is presented to the rider. So the rider uh, is required to have either a USDF group membership or a USDF participating membership. The uh, bronze medal requires scores at first, second, and third level. Those scores uh, must be 60% or higher, and they must be from a uh, USEF, USDF recognized competition. The scores at first level must be from two different judges and two different rides. And the scores at second level is the same thing, two different judges and two different rides. And your scores at third level must be from two different judges and two different rides. Once the rider has obtained those scores, the rider can apply for his or her bronze medal on the USDF website. The medal is then, um, there's a couple options. USDF very much likes to award the medals at the USDF Awards Banquet, which is held at the annual convention each year. However, if the rider doesn't attend the USDF Awards Banquet, then USDF will ship the medal to the rider uh, at the end of the year. Uh, One question we do get quite a bit is, is there a particular test requirement? And the answer is no. So it's not required that the first, second, and third level test level, it's not required that the first, second, and third tests be at any particular test. So you can do first one, second one, third one, but you have to do 60% at each of the levels. Um, Right. So even more basic, you know, to enter a horse show, right? You, the horse has uh-huh. to be registered with USDF and USEF. The rider has to be registered, right, with either a group member or a participating member for USDF and USEF, right? That's, that's no. important to know. Okay. Explain that because that's confusing. Sure, sure. So for this USDF award, it's an award for the rider. So the requirement is that the rider needs to have a USDF group membership or a USDF participating membership. There is no membership requirement for the owner. However, if the owner is a non-member, then non-member fees may apply. The horse, um, depending on what type of competition it's at, would need either a USDF HID or lifetime registration 
unless it's competing at a competition that's exempt. Um, there are no USEF membership requirements. However, since it's a USEF recognized competition, USEF rules would apply, which would be that if the rider doesn't have a USEF membership, they would have to pay a show pass fee. Okay, so you can do it without becoming an EF member and in taking Safe Sport and all the requirements, but you would have to look at the cost, right? Um, I don't even know That's what those correct. costs. Would be. Okay, that that clears it up. So you don't actually have to, mem- but you would have to um, have those have fill out what is needed for the competition. Correct. Yeah, you'd have to meet minimum competition eligibility requirements, as we stated. Okay. That makes sense because that, that is confusing, um, for, for everybody. So that makes sense. Excellent. So, um, and basically once you enter, it's a lifetime award, right? So you don't have to do it within a year. You have as long as you want, right. To do it. That's, that's correct. Yep. You have as long as you want. Some people will crank those scores out in a very short period of time. And then there's others that will take, take many years and that's, that's fine. As long as the rider has their membership at the time that the scores are earned, there's no problem with that. Ah, fantastic. And you could earn it in one weekend, but not with the same horse, right? So correct. Because because the same horse could not do more than two consecutive levels. That's correct. Right. Right. Because that's a question I get. Can you do it one weekend? Um, Yeah, that's possible. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. would need two horses if if you were going to well, do it one weekend. I mean, I guess technically, I guess if it was one show on Saturday and one show on Sunday, and I guess yeah. if you did show one first and second level, yeah. and then show two, you did third level, two different shows. Probably not likely, but yeah, but probably that not. Would <laughs> that would be really hard, but maybe possible. Yeah. But you can't show first level and third level in the same competition with the same horse that, that you can't. Exactly. Correct. Yep. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, anything else that we've forgotten about the bronze medal? Cause it is, it's, it's, once you get it, it's not that complicated, but sometimes the memberships can get a little complicated and they, and people can always call you guys in the office, right? That's, which is what I usually do if I'm confused. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We highly recommend that you know, people give us a call or an email just to make sure that, um, you know, they're understanding the requirements correctly. Um, the only other important thing that might be um, important to note is that the deadline uh, to apply for your rider award for the current year is September 30th. Okay, that makes sense. So, um, just so that we can then get the medals all organized and everything ready for the awards banquet. So if you apply after that, um, there is a short period of time where you can pay a late fee. But, but generally, if you apply after that, your your application is going to be accepted as long as you've met the requirements. But it's just going to be awarded for the next year. Got it. And um, so let's say you've gotten your scores. What do you do? Mm-hmm. There is a process right after you get your scores. Yep. So after you get your scores, um, you can go to the USDF website. And um, under the awards tab, there's a rider award application. And um, it's pretty simple. We just ask for some basic information. 
Um, and uh, then once we receive the application, we will verify the scores based on what we have in our database. So it's not necessary anymore to submit individual scores or copies of test sheets. Yeah, that was old school. I, I, I do remember <laughs> having to do that. <laughs> but there's the internet now, so it's magical. You don't have yeah. to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Well, Christina, if our if we have listeners that are listening and, and have questions, how can they reach you online? Well, a good way to reach me is um, competitions, my email address, which is competitions at usds.org. Um, that would probably be the best way to reach out to me. And, um, and or information is on the website regarding contacting USDS, too, about awards-related questions. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Christina. And we look forward to seeing you handing out all those fun medals at the awards banquet in Savannah. Well, Phil, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. We love everyone who's sending us their goals. Uh, it really, really warms my heart. Uh, it is that part time of the year where we're all reaching goals and working hard. And it's a good time to kind of celebrate everyone's uh, what they're doing. So we're yeah, happy. It's good, to, keep it's good to look them. back and reflect on, on, you know, some of the successes or even just some of the, the things that you've worked through that, uh, that are getting better. They don't have to be perfect or, you know, complete, but, uh, you know, it's it's good to just just reflect and you know give a little pat on your on, on pat yourselves on the back and uh, hopefully you know all of our shows and our tips and our things are are, are helping the riders out out there. That's uh, that's what we're trying to do with this show yeah. is uh, to give you things to work on or th- to think about and uh, hopefully we're 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 helping you guys out. Yep, and we love, 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 love when we get these uh, shout outs. So keep them coming, and we'll keep bringing them on the air as we get them. And as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com. You can always reach me by email, which is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably on Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. And as always, keep your heels down and your shoulders back. And we look forward to talking with you next week. Bye.